Now I'm like having thoughts about like what would the Borg queen look like if she was actually like a real queen bee? Would she just be like sitting in a room having Borg babies? No, if I want to think about this. <laughs> Welcome back to Into the Wormhole with Larissa and Lauren. I'm Larissa Maestro, and with me I have my number one. Howdy, Lauren Lowen. <laughs> and we're, you know. <laughs> I, I got nothing. Nothing snarky I today. Know. It's okay. Here, here we are. The world is starting to sort of open back up and stuff. We're hoping to get back into an actual studio and be face-to-face again soon, which would be really cool. But in the meantime, here we are back on the internet together talking about our favorite Star Trek villains. So we've done one episode of this before where we talked about Ducat. That was really fun. Man, it's really fun to talk about villains. It is. It is. Villains are fucking fun. And uh, this time we're going to be talking about the Borg Queen. This is very, I'm very excited. I'm so excited. I am too. I, I was thinking about, is there some sort of like song parody we could do? And the closest I got was Dancing Queen by ABBA. She's <laughs> the Borg Queen. Doesn't, doesn't quite work, but that's, that's what I got. She's in your head. She's in your mind. Oh. That, yeah, <laughs> that works with the Borg. <laughs> oh God, that's funny. I'll, I'll, listeners, I will, I'll see about making a little parody song. Go wait to assimilate your life. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Wonderful. Oh my gosh. Okay, we might be on to something here. Yeah, we're um, literally on. We are now a cover band where we just make all the songs about Star Trek villains. There's gotta be a. There's gotta be somebody who does that. Like, have you heard of Harry and the Potters? Yes. Yeah. There's gotta be some Star there Trek has equivalent. To be. I mean, th- yes, there absolutely is. Um, there's always room for more, though. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Hey, there's a lot of podcasts art. out there, and we found room. Our right. Little corner of the galaxy. <laughs> Here we are. Oh, my God. We're talking about the Borg Queen. All right, Larissa, if you don't mind, I have like a certain way I'd like to enter the conversation. Yeah, let's do this. Okay. So I feel like we need to start with the the origin story of not not the Borg Queen in Star Trek, but the the Borg Queen as how she actually got created um, by the writers. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Borg Queen. Came out for First Contact, the TNG movie that came out in 1996. And I think what's really interesting is that this is a character and uh, an entity that was created for this movie. Like, yes, from a writing perspective, because they wanted to use the Borg as a villain, but they felt like the zombie-like nature was hard to really give the 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 cast and the story they realized that the crew needed kind of a villain character like someone that actually bounced off of an individual rather right, than someone that they could actually interact with as interact like, with yeah and sure that's a writing issue but obviously they've been writing with the borg in mind successfully for tng so it's interesting to think that the borg queen came maybe more about from a, a business marketing um yes. need yeah and, yes. and 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 i feel like that's a really important place to start especially since we kind of had this conversation about diane warren and music yes. and kind of like where we were in the 90s kind of yes. the same thing with first contact and where we were with the tng movies in the 90s mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's totally true it's it's interesting because i feel like and i'm sure we're we're gonna get way more in depth about this later but i feel like even though in some ways, the fan reception of the Borg Queen as a concept was not very good. I think that bringing the Borg Queen as a character into First Contact was very successful as far as 
the movie and how it flowed and how it made the movie fun to watch. We we both watched First Contact yesterday and all of my notes on that movie are just, oh my God, I fucking love this movie. Oh my God, I love this movie. This movie is so fucking fun. I love this movie so much. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Those are my notes. <laughs> Those are my notes on First Contact. So as far as that goes, I feel like, hey, nice job. Good job. But again, there are some problems here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's funny because the Borg Queen was introduced and even though she theoretically was killed off in that movie, it almost, you know, in the show, we always talk about the joke is it's just like a hard restart by the end, you know, Mm -hmm. like, boom, we're back to square one. And when they did this for the movie, uh, then they, there kind of wasn't a hard reset. It sort of changed the nature of the Borg and they continued with the Borg queen afterwards in Voyager and yeah. I'm sure the books did and, and too. Yeah. But it brought up a lot of questions about the Borg and, and kind of changed their nature, which we'll we'll get into more. But yeah, there wasn't like a hard reset. And I definitely have thoughts about, and I'm sure you do too, about if there were problems with the Borg, what, what could they have done? Another episode of like, Larissa Lauren rewrite Star rewrite Trek. Star Trek. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, it, it's funny to think that this, the Borg Queen came out of a necessity to... Uh, general movie going audiences and I think what's interesting is now there might be a return to more writing with the fandom in mind like Picard and stuff these movies were definitely trying to be a little more um, accessible to somebody who didn't know Star Trek they wanted people to come off the streets who wanted to see like a sci-fi adventure thing they wanted the fans to come too but they were really hoping to get a lot of different demographics who weren't necessarily the the tried and true Star Trek fan. Right, right. Yeah. And so the it's the TNG movies in general are just interesting yeah. in that way. Picard I mean, always ends up with like a tank top of sweating and he's got like a phaser rifle and he's swinging through things I and climbing know. structures and punching Malcolm McDonald. <laughs> I know. Oh, wait, or is that Kirk? Maybe Kirk does the punching. I mean. <laughs> They, I think, I think everyone tries to punch Malcolm McDowell in that movie. I mean, I would try to punch him in that movie. Um, <laughs> you're, I mean, you're right. It's, it's, uh, it's interesting to look at the TNG movies and really think about how they were trying to market them and how they were really thinking about trying to make them huge blockbusters that were more accessible to more people who weren't in the fandom. And how that sort of is what the 90s was, not just Star Trek, but it was like as far as marketing, as far as like that kind of everyone wanted wanted everything to be the biggest thing possible. So hilariously, Dan and I are in the middle of a long stretch in which we are just watching 90s disaster movies. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, that was (laughs) such there were so many like. Ah, so many like 90s movie trends. I mean, I'm sure every decade yes. has them, but Yes, but they're just like movie after movie after movie that's just like a huge like like the the Michael Crichton adaptations, like that kind of shit, but also we just watched Dante's Peak. Oh my gosh. Okay, wait, wait, wait. That's the one with Pierce Brosnan. Yes. Okay. And Linda Hamilton. Oh. Yeah. So the funny thing is that like from now my experience of like rewatching a lot of these 90s blockbuster movies mm-hmm. the focus is always on how broad can we make this movie so that more people will go see it and i feel like that that mentality has changed quite a bit like we mm-hmm. don't really have it's all at, as far as as far as uh the way things are going now it's all niche marketing now it's all like, you know, we want, we're trying to like get all the nerds in on this. Like we're trying to get all the, like we're trying to market this to women. We're trying to market this to to like minority groups or we're trying to market this to like people who like a very specific thing, you know? And it's not this, it's not the same as like, you know, we want everyone to yeah. go see this movie because that doesn't, that doesn't really happen yeah, the era of like the the big tentpole summer blockbuster 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's still kind of there. Like, I it's interesting. I think like the, you know, Avengers Endgame and all that. Like, I think that's kind of the end. But yeah, I yeah. mean, this is before you really had YouTube and all the streaming services. There's so many ways for us to get our media now. Yeah. That, yeah. Like that's what you did. You went to the movie to see the big film, and it and mm-hmm. it kind of was the thing. Like if you went to school or if you went to work, like everyone was talking about it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's true. Like also it's funny that the other trend I was thinking of, especially too, is kind of like you had, you know, kind of the trifecta of like Schwarzenegger, Stallone, Willis, you know, mm-hmm. they always had something going on. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you didn't see like that was a big deal. And so I feel like that was sort of coloring this time too. That sort of like like true yes. lies. God, remember true lies? Like yes. there was yes. always that or like cliffhanger or this. In fact, I, I was even thinking about it, like as far as like a good kind of epic action sci-fi story, a year after First Contact came out, uh, Fifth Element came out, yeah. which I still love. I'm sure it's... Oh, it's, I love Fifth Element and we actually just recently watched that yes. too. Um, yes. And, and that's, it's funny because that did come out after First Contact, but I kind of feel like yeah. in some ways... Fifth Element is like a good example of a of a movie that was kind of able to accomplish that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And yes. I think to some degree, there's this clip of I forget if it's Frakes or Stewart saying like, "What people want is for Star Trek to be an action film," and it's like, "No, <laughs> no." Like you know, we kind of like we kind of like people singing "Row, Row, Row Your Boat" around the campfire, or like saving whales, or yeah, we want a story. We want a story with our characters, yeah, our friends. Our, we want we want to hang out with our friends. Yeah, that era of Star Trek film was starting to kind of give way to the TNG and sort of again the influence of that '90s culture. So they, I think mm-hmm. they were trying to to ride that wave a little bit with with yes. all the movies. I mean, there's just yes, so much yes, more. I agree. You know, phaser fights and all all that. Yeah, absolutely. Although I do feel like this movie does give us character stuff. Like we do at least we do at least get to spend time with our friends in this movie. We don't we don't see Picard interacting with the crew as much. Like he has that one moment with Data. Where they're touching the ship <laughs> together, <laughs> um, but like other than that, his story is is kind of just him and Lily. Yeah, in this movie, you're right. It's it's you can feel the effect of the industry and the culture yeah. on the way that these movies turned out, and I think in particular, Nemesis is where you can really feel it because man, that was just a disaster. <laughs> listener it's i am just, nodding my head furiously like yes you are right yeah, yeah i mean that's not the no but even though i have my issues with the Borg queen which we can talk about next this feels successful as far as a movie goes as far as a movie villain goes um even though i don't think they needed it i still <laughs> i still love all this shit i still love it's still very fun and the casting is exceptional mm. uh, yes actor alice krieg i we think that's how you say her name that's how you pronounce her name is just superb mm-hmm. she takes it all the fucking way she is so excellent she is so perfectly cast in this role all of the makeup and the costuming for the board queen that part where they just like have her floating torso and then just like insert her into her bodysuit. Oh, it's yes. so good. Which I read was inspired by the uh, Captain EO Epcot attraction. Do you know that one? It was the one at Disney where like Michael Jackson was in it in the 80s. And I don't. I've never been to Disney or Epcot. Or, okay. No, I've never. I know. I know. I know. It's ridiculous. Well, it, there it was like a live wrong. action thing. I don't remember it that well, but it was there. Angelica Houston is in it. And there's her oh, her witch character yeah. it like descends from the ceiling will like come down and go up. She lives in the ceiling on cables. And and that kind of inspired like the, the idea of the Borg Queen kind of. So for the listener, if you don't know the Borg Queen, when she you first see her from the shoulders up, that is apparently the only 
biological part of her left. So she kind of comes out of the ceiling and is lowered by these cables into this completely synthetic Borg body that like snaps her in. It's so fucking cool. So yeah, that was sort of like kind of inspired by that, which I thought was fun. Cool. I mean, also Angelica Houston, another person that could absolutely play the Borg queen. Right. (laughs) Larissa, before we get too far into our opinions about the Borg queen, do do you want to quickly just mention like what the Borg Queen is supposed to be in the Star Trek yeah. universe. Yeah, I mean, that, that'll probably take us into where the problems are. Okay, yeah. So, of course, if you know the Borg, and I'm assuming that if you're listening to this podcast, you know the Borg, they're supposed to be an autonomous collective. So they're supposed to be based on the concepts of like a, a beehive or a, a termite colony or something where every every aspect, every individual that is a part of this collective is constantly in communication and it eliminates the possibility of misinterpretation, misunderstanding, that sort of thing. It means that the the collective in the hive is is working at peak efficiency and they're sort of working as one. Which is like just so fucking cool. I mean, we know now that it's not telepathy the way that bees communicate or the way that ants communicate. They communicate through pheromones. So there just is no need for verbal communication that requires any sort of interpretation of any kind. They know exactly what to do based on information that they get through pheromones. And so the Borg is based on that sort of idea that they're able to communicate in a completely clear and complex way. It's also the thing that makes them the most terrifying. Exactly. Yeah. If you have you an know? enemy that works that way, they're, they're, the board constantly get compared to zombies. And that's kind of the same yes. way where it's just yes. like you have like wave after wave of these, you know, drones again, named after the bee drone, the honeybee drone. Yeah. And it's, and it's like there's no head to cut off, so to speak. It's just like they keep coming and you can destroy one ship and another one comes. It's not like a, another, entity where it might be like if we can kill that general or if we can kill their king like they'll they'll just fall apart and right yeah it's not like that this is where the problems with the borg queen (laughs) come in so the borg queen is i mean obviously named a queen after uh the the queen of of like the honey colony a a honeybee colony of a of an ant colony Sure, they have a queen, but this queen does not operate in any way similar to a honeybee queen, for example. A honeybee queen (laughs) is basically just a baby bee making machine that the rest of the hive cares for and and helps her make more drones. That's she doesn't control the hive. Yeah, a a sci-fi movie that does a good job of doing that is is like the Xenomorphs with the the alien queen from the movies, you know, with Ripley, you know. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. exactly, exactly. So the queen operates really as a part of, just a piece of the hive itself. She's not a leader and she doesn't control the hive. The Borg queen is the leader. No matter how many times she says, I am the Borg, I am the collective, she is in charge of it. So she controls, she she is she is the center of it. She controls the whole thing. She can send drones this way, send drones that way, uh, communicate with a, a cube and turn it around and head it back to wherever she wants it. She is the puppet master of the collective. And this is where the problems come up for me. <laughs> because that, to me, I, I mean, should we just go ahead? Yeah. I mean, I, the way I like to describe it is the Borg Queen is a cool idea for maybe 10 or 15 minutes until you yeah. start to really think about it. And you pull yeah. on that thread of the sweater and it starts to like, hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> and now I feel the like the franchise yeah. has been dealing with the consequences of this yes. character in a way for, yes. for years. Yes, yes, absolutely. She was meant to make the Borg more scary. And what she, what it ended up doing was making the Borg less scary. To me, at least. Because the, the scary part was that they were all connected, that there was no leader. 
that you couldn't, again, like you said, Lauren, that you couldn't just chop off the head and then everything's done. But basically what what they did was write a head onto the Borg body that you could now cut off. And it changed it changes the entire concept of of this. I mean, I you can't really call the Borg themselves a villain, th- this adversary, because before it was like you can't reason with them. You can't talk to them. You can't un- really understand them because they are so different from humans. They have no regard for organic life other than to assimilate it. They have no, there's, there's no, you have no bargaining chips with the Borg, right? Like yeah, you just have to run from them. They kind of just don't give a shit because it's don't just like, give we a, just want to assimilate you. <laughs> yes. They don't give a shit. That's why they're so fucking scary. They're so scary. I mean, that's why zombies are scary because they don't give a shit. You can't talk to a zombie. They really fucking don't give a shit. They just want to eat you. But the Borg just want to take your body and put stuff in it so that you're just like them. And that is a fucking terrifying concept. Again, like, as a person of color, like, that is a scary thing to watch, too. You know, like, mm. the the concept of assimilation. I was thinking about this yesterday. That... um. In particular, children of immigrants are taught like you want to assimilate. You're mm-hmm. supposed to assimilate. And it also but it also means assimilating also means for us giving away part of our identity. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Like like removing part of our de- identity, erasing it, which is what one of the things that's so terrifying about the Borg. You lose your individuality when you are assimilated into the Borg. So there's there are, you know, cultural aspects that I yeah. I relate to that I see there that make them so scary, but like then then you like take this character of the queen and you make it like all sort of like a personal thing. Like she's you know, like like we we have to talk about that like how she's always just like you're the special one and I want you to be near me because I need an equal and yeah, it seems you know? like all the things that they think are silly of individuals. Yeah. Because, you know, I wants. Yeah, she wants Lacutus. And, okay, no, I want Data or Seven. She wants Seven. Yeah. And, and we can get into a little bit of like how they've kind of, how the Queen has been represented afterwards because there have been discussions, whether it's in the, the books or just here and there amongst fans about how like there's more than one queen. Like if a queen dies, right. they just get another female queen right. and, or I'm sorry, female drone. And it's like, okay, now you're the queen. Yeah. And so, you know, it's sort of like, oh, well, she's unstoppable that way. Or there might be many queens right. all at once that almost serve as like their own little hubs. Yeah. You know? like I was a thinking node. after watching First Contact, because she's put, they're putting organic skin and and blood i guess in in and on data i was like do they just build a new queen could they just build one i mean because her whole internal structure after after her flesh is eaten up by whatever gas is in engineering is all technological like it didn't look like it was like there are some bones in there it was like oh all of this is like there are lights in it it's It's like twitching. It looks it's like, like the a, Terminator right, kind it, of. Exactly. You know. it, it looked like a Terminator skeleton. So I was like, is she created? Is there, so, are they doing surgery on a baby Borg? How is, how is the, how does the, there's never really like a backstory on like where the queen came from. Yeah. Which I actually think is kind of smart. I think it is like, smart too. Yeah. If, if anything, it's like you better keep it vague yeah it, you know like sometimes it's better i was even thinking about this with the uh uh actually going back to the alien franchise um again with you know ripley and stuff like that how they they started to do this whole thing of like we're gonna have the xenomorph movies we're gonna have alien covenant and you know all the ones where it's yeah. like we're gonna explain the origin stories yeah, of the xenomorph yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like don't please don't please <laughs> and don't it's like i hope i hope they never do that with the borg because at the end of the day, I don't know if it's really important that we really know. No. You know? I I have I seen some. Yeah. And so uh, I did notice in Voyager, though, she says, like, I myself was species, like. One, two, five. She says, like, species yeah, one, which, which is a very low number. So yes. it, it kind of suggests in a weird way that she's been 
around for a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. But but yeah, I've also thought about that too. It's like God, it seems like to have an individual or this person. I don't know if it's accurate to say that the the Borg Queen is sort of the Borg OS. Yeah, <laughs> but it seems like to have her encapsulated into one entity of this humanoid it seems not only inefficient, which isn't good for the Borg, yes, but just dangerous. It's like so if we literally if she gets shot or killed, yeah, you're all screwed. That seems very against the mentality of the Borg. Mm-hmm. You know, again, we needed that for movie, but I, I, I almost I feel mean, like did we, it would though? make. I don't huh? know if we needed that from. I don't know. Maybe we didn't. I mean, we just needed the Borg Queen in general for the movie. Yeah, yeah. you know I mean, what I mean. They, they needed a vi- they needed a singular individual yeah. villain. Is what? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but this is unfortunately like the problems it creates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and it, it almost seems like it would they make more sense. They did not know if, how many problems this was going to create. Like they did not know. Like they, they underestimated did. the fandom, y'all. Like they underestimated that all of us would be over fucking thinking this whole shit. Like they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, "Ooh, it's going to be fun," and we're all like, "But, but, 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 but." Because <laughs> on one hand, I I do feel like, I mean, what what kind of makes sense, especially if they're all you know connected. Yeah. Like zip 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 zip. It, it seems like it would be the minute she gets threatened, she would be like, boom, I'm going to move my consciousness to another drone on the other. You know, right? like she, she should be able just to like move just herself yeah. to another drone. And that would be in a way crazy. And, yeah. and like, ah, oh, we tried to kill her, but she's already downloaded into another drone. And I mean, but I guess she can't even do that. They didn't like, say it, that, but I sort of assumed that that was the case. I sort of assumed that her consciousness was saved in the collective and that's why she comes back i mean they don't explain that they don't it's it's not like they're like oh my god we thought you died in the past uh before <laughs> uh when the uh with the enterprise e we thought but like when yeah. she comes back in voyager i mean like they're, they're not then, they're not like oh yeah. my god we thought you were dead like it's just like oh there's the queen um, again bum 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 yeah yeah exactly and we should we should mention that is it Susanna Thompson that plays her for a little bit in Voyager? It's yeah, it's Susanna Thompson that plays yeah. her in two episodes of Voyager or two two part episodes. Every time she shows up, it's a two part episode. Yeah, but we get Alice Krieg. We get her playing back her again. For the so finale. it's not supposed to be that like yes. yeah. Some some fans have been like, oh, it's a different queen, but it's like no 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 no. Like Alice Krieg comes back to play that role again. So that's a casting thing. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, yeah, and they're obviously playing the same character. So yes, yes, yeah. But we do lots of questions. We do also have to like throw in there the the whole seven of nine in Picard thing. Yeah, yeah, go so, for like, it. Her her plugging in. So I mean, la la la. Spoilers, Picard. It's been out. <laughs> um, seven plugs herself in to this to the Borg cube that they've been studying and they've been rehabilitating all of these XBs and she plugs her, she fucking plugs herself in and becomes the queen of this cube. So that, I mean, I was like, holy shit. Yes, 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 yes. When it happened, I was like, fuck yeah. But this is, this kind of like goes with that idea of there are multiple Queens. Yeah. And that any drone can be plugged in and become the queen if need be. Yeah, this kind of like interface you know? is something new that's yeah. introduced to us, which again yeah. seems and inefficient. I, like, I liked that they did. Yeah, it does. It again does seem inefficient. It did not solve all the problems of the Borg Queen, but it did like bring bring the concept of the queen back, change it slightly, and make it exciting, which I was into. Still, still problems. <laughs> Still lots of problems. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, I have a question, though, about, like, have you thought about, so, like, for instance, I've, <laughs> I've spent a couple of moments, definitely, the last few days thinking about, like, what, you know, if they really wanted their cake and, and eat it, too, like, how could you have a board queen and still have it not kind of just fuck with the premise of the Borg that was working so well before she was introduced? And I have yeah. thoughts, but I was curious about if you did. Like, in your mind, do you have 
some way they could have had a Borg queen and have it work uh, better, basically. Right. I mean, I have also thought about this. Uh, and since we also watched Best of Both Worlds pretty recently in the past year, the the idea of creating a single drone as a representative of the entity. I mean, they it did it with Lacutus. Picard Locutus, you know, so that and that made sense that he was speaking for the collective and he was not in charge of the collective, that he was a he was now part of the collective. Yeah, he was literally so, like an avatar. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So that I mean, although the issue with that then with this character is that it takes away some of her personality traits. You know, like she would then the things about the Borg queen that make her the Borg queen are like things that sort of make her human, like that she's manipulative and she's vengeful and she doesn't give a shit about you. But also in a but in a um, a malicious way, yes. not not in a like, I'm just I'm just doing what I do to survive kind of way, which is the thing that's scary about the Borg. Mm-hmm. And the thing that was scary about Locutus, too, was that, like, I am now the Borg. I have all the information that was in Picard's brain and now I just have more information and I can assimilate you more easily now. You know, that <laughs> it's the lack of emotion. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. In a lot of ways that makes the Borg so scary. And the Borg queen has lots of feelings. And and therefore kind of has motives, which also again yes. is, is like, okay, she gets lonely, I guess. Right. But like also, she wants a best friend like that. It's like it's like <laughs> I'm sorry. It's like her whole her whole thing is just like she wants to have a best friend. She's just her. <laughs> she's just like out here looking for a buddy that she can hang out with and talk to. Aww. But it's like, you know, but of course, like this is this is Larissa's take on the Borg Queen's motivations. <laughs> Larissa, best friend moments, Larissa. Yes. Is is like the poor queen just wants a friend. She just wants a good friend that she can talk to when she's feeling sad, you know, like <laughs> but like an equal that she can have like intellectual who challenges her intellectually mm. is is pretty much what we see her looking for. Not only in a partner as far as like her admitting that she was there during best of both worlds when, you know, like yeah, during, during first contact, like she's like, I was, he, he's like, I remember you, you were there the whole time um, that we, but we didn't see any of that um, obviously because she hadn't been created yet. Um, and then her interest in data and then her interest in seven and then her interest in Janeway as an adversary as well that there's they're always just like playing intellectual games with each other. This seems more personal than Borg. <laughs> yeah, it almost gets to like yeah. by the time you get to Voyager and Janeway, it almost feels like it reaches petty. Like, yes. it, like it starts to become a little Saturday morning cartoonish where it's like yes. Shredder and the Ninja Turtles, like I will defeat you. Yes, yes. <laughs> you're you're oh my god, that's so true. That's so true. Where it's just like she just wants her way and she's just mad that somebody has yeah. has like fucked up some plan that she had and now she needs to get them. Okay. So before we move on, because I definitely think it's really interesting to talk about there's there's things to talk about as far as like Voyager and I definitely want to talk about yeah. the design of her. But real quick, do you have any ideas? And if you don't, that's fine. Of of again, like how they could have had a Borg Queen and have it work? Yeah, I mean, like my only idea is that like she would have to just be a representative of Okay, so like another kind yeah. of Locutus. Yeah, like that's like really my only that's like the only way I can think of how it would work. For it for it to for it to keep the original idea of the Borg intact. and how scary that is, keep that intact. Mm-hmm. Like that has to stay intact for like for me as for me personally as a fan, like I need the Borg to just be the Borg mm-hmm. sometimes. And she that's that seems like the only way for me. It seems like you have like an exciting Concept. I'm like waiting to point my finger excitingly. I know. You're to like, screen. let me tell Larissa. You, I have fixed this problem. <laughs> <laughs> I have not. 
Larissa, <laughs> my love. Uh, so right. I have an interesting idea. I will tell you why I like it. And I will tell you my idea. And then I will tell you immediately why they they could not have done it. <laughs> but I like my idea. Um, I love that. I think the Borg Queen would have worked better as not the status quo, but as a glitch. I think. Ooh. Here's my idea. And like I said, this would never work in the movie. And I'll explain why. I'm behind this, though. I lo- I'm interested. I think. The Borg Queen should have been one of the Borgs that became an individual after Hugh was introduced back into the <gasps> collective. Fuck yes. And then, basically, because here's the thing. The Borg didn't always assimilate good people. They probably assimilated some assholes and some murderers and people are power totally. hungry. So I love the idea of this rogue Borg who either yes. hijacks the collective or hijacks maybe just one cube, like the cube they're on. Yes. And, and <gasps> is like you know, fuck this, I'm going to be their queen and then she can go back in time and do whatever she wants to. Sure, like, great, go get Earth. Yeah. Maybe she's from Earth. Maybe she has beef with Earth. I don't know. Right, um, right. But that that way, you just have, like I said, um, we have the Borg, the idea of the Borg intact and it's just yeah. because of this little Hugh storyline that, again, we have this, uh. this, this rogue uh, female Borg that's managed to... Yeah, and she has this, she's going to, yeah, race through the ranks and take over and then have the yes. this army aboard to do her own willing. And then they get I rid of like her that. and then it's like, okay, reset, which is what yeah. we need. Here's why yes. they didn't do it. Because again, fucking movie. And yep. they're not going to go and have a movie to general movie audiences where it ties in the storyline of Hugh. That would be too much. Right. That would be right. too much. Right. Yeah. I mean. Honestly, it would not be too much. We could figure it out. We could do it. We could do it. We well, could do it. I'm nowadays saying. they would. Yeah. But like nowadays I was thinking they would. about it. And, and that like, would be exciting. That would be cool. Dude, that would be cool if that explained. That is... If they wanted to keep it in a little movie bubble so that it didn't like yeah. mess with it. I mean, they would just like have to mention it briefly. Like it would just they would just have to like explain it like in a tiny little scene and just be like, like, why is there a queen all of a sudden? Oh, it must be because of this. Yeah, yeah, like continue a little, the like, story. Yeah, four <laughs> then years ago. The we I mean, yeah, because in the movie they even explain like I was assimilated four years ago. Like they have to explain that yeah, to people who've never seen Star Trek. Yeah. I mean, they have to explain yeah. the the concept of the Borg. Yeah, you know, like all of those things. That is so cool, and I love that a lot because then it also like not only does it keep the Borg intact, but it sort of like makes the Borg of the victim yeah like they're weaponized basically yes yes which is which is something that we do end up getting in picard we get more exploration into the each of the drones being victims Mm -hmm. you know not at the collective itself being a victim which would be what you're talking about here with this concept but just more interesting takes on the borg as a group as a collective like more interesting approaches to looking at how we can pick apart this concept to write more interesting stories that are still loyal to the original mm, mm, concept yeah yeah of, yeah of Big, yeah and they kind they of like take a teeny 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 tiny step with descent the two-parter where mm-hmm. in this case lore has appealed to the the sort of like rogue borgs that you know we get a little bit of Hugh back and there's like a small group of like 12 borgs that are like oh we're individuals and we don't know what we're doing um but i like the idea of like one of those borgs being kind of like this this not not like literally from that episode but you know just the idea that somebody would have been liberated within the collective and have more of a menacing uh, agenda and yeah 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 so boom that's my idea yeah or or that that um because i feel like in the descent they depict these individual borg who have uh regained their sense of individuality as so affected by their experience being drones that none of them are in a position to be leaders and so that's why they mm. all end up following lore but it would be interesting to explore just the just the concept of like maybe somebody with a different personality type that's that's like 
oh, fuck no, fuck this, I'm taking over. Somebody who actually maybe has the will and the wherewithal to get revenge on the Borg itself. And that's why they want to be in charge because they're getting revenge on the Borg. Hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or like in spite. Like, <laughs> I'm going to be. Yes. Yes. Like out of spite. And then, spite. but also maybe they're former Starfleet and they're getting revenge on the Borg and revenge on Starfleet at the same time because they, they see Starfleet and the Borg as both responsible for what happened to them. Well, it's interesting you mention that because uh, I guess there is hubbub that if Enterprise had continued, Alice Krieg would have made an appearance on Enterprise in her human form before she was assimilated as like a Starfleet medical officer, which, which I have to admit is like a problem because again, she's like, I'm species. I mean, she can be an alien in Starfleet. Species one, four, one, two, four, or one, two, five, whatever. Yeah. 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 So it's like, okay, she better not be human then if she's part of this other species. But, uh, but yeah, like she was supposed to be kind of like introduced. I don't know if it was meant to be more of an Easter egg or just as like, uh, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm sort of glad that didn't happen. This is kind of a side note, not necessarily for the Borg Queen herself, but I also feel like there might be potential to explore like who who is the oldest Borg or if there was like a group yeah, of like, original Borg and they're just right? somewhat they're somewhat different, like maybe since yeah, like that that's something too. I I'm imagining something where they're like so old that they're actually like embedded in a wall of technology, kind of like when you see fantasy and it's like, he's so old, he's part of the tree. Yes. Um, Yes. That's cool too. But I think, yeah. So I feel like there is the room just, just a side note, like to explore things like that. Like maybe there is like a, a type of Borg that was so early in the development of the Borg that they're just inherently a little different. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm glad we talked about, you know, the fundamentals of, of why the Borg Queen maybe doesn't work in the larger picture, just so we can kind of zoom in and focus on Alice Krieg's performance and look in the movie and, and yeah, kind of yeah, just yeah. like, let's zoom in a little bit. Uh, yeah. First of all, you're right. Like she, ah, man, like forget about all this so stuff good. for a minute about what we said. Her personality doesn't work or the character doesn't work, but her performance is amazing. Like she's, Ugh. she's calm and cool. She's regal and elegant, but like, yes terrifying terrifying yeah like she just she she plays the part really well as an actress she oh just, yeah mm, and she just kiss. looks she looks so at home in these prosthetics she like yeah she seems so comfortable with everything that she has to wear like i don't i don't know how long it took to do this makeup but i assume it was several hours yeah and she looks so correct mm-hmm you know, and not even just like that she looks great. She wears it, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like in almost like a sensual way. Yes. Yes. Like that's like she is so comfortable with herself that she's like, I look sexy in this, <laughs> you know, like which is which is like really lovely and like actually kind of empowering, especially for for like for a female villain too. I'm. Yes. Who looks. Like, yeah. And. I was talking to Larissa before this, but her look kind of is, is like a, almost like a Cenobite from the <laughs> like the Hellraiser films. Mm-hmm. It, it's yep. Okay, so I I really like the design. Yeah, I've been thinking about this. So I'm sure everyone who's listening to this has seen at least a photo, if not seen the movie. But um, you know what's really interesting is that her her look is very sleek and streamlined for a Borg. We're used to the Borg having all this shit on them and antennas whizzing about and lights and boo 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 boo. And um kind of a more asymmetrical look too. It's like just randomness. Yeah. And for her to be sort of this or like bring order to chaos, it kind of makes sense that her look would be much more streamlined yeah. and minimal. She has like uh we kind of said before from the shoulder up, she is uh mm-hmm. flesh. But she does have this apparatus kind of sticking out of her head with tubes that goes back. And I think there's even like a little like light node yeah, thing coming she out. She does look like she has a larger cranium. Yeah. Well, yeah. true, true. Yeah. And her head might also be a little larger. It's kind yeah. of hard to tell. But her whole look is very, again, like symmetrical, which in character design does communicate like sort of an, an 
an order now. In this case, it's for a, a negative yeah. character. But also that apparatus that she wears really does sort of mimic what you would see in like a crown, like an Elizabethan crown. Yeah. Um, and as the Borg queen, like that's kind of almost like a nice nod to that. Yeah, yeah, it really is. You're totally right. Yeah. And and then her her shoulder part, like the collarbone, when she gets lowered in, one of the, the best things is that this this completely droid body suit or just body that she fits yeah. into it's it like snaps into her skin to hold her there yeah and the whole time i mean it looks like she's wearing like an off the shoulder bodysuit cat right? suit but you can see the little clasp like tugging at her skin yeah and holding her in and i i love that i i just oh, love that so decision good. it's so creepy and but also classy looking somehow <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like they really did take a lot of nods from fashion and jewelry yes. and and but put like a droid um, uh, or a Borg spin on it, I should yes, say. Yes, it does look fashion. It looks formal. <laughs> you know, it looks Girl like formal wear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I just really like her design. And again, like I think it needed to be a little less fussy mm-hmm. too. Yeah. For, for her to work and um and it doesn't have to be as fussy because if her body really is just a hundred percent machine at this point yeah then that's then what it looks you, like to me it is yeah. yeah so you don't need it to be biological and, and synthetic parts that are jumbled together she's like i said a little more streamlined because of the fact that it really is just like you drop her in. Yeah. Um, so I think that works really well. And it gives her as an actress, I think, a chance to really walk as she wants to as the board queen. And, you know, she's not as mechanical as like yeah. uh, Patrick Stewart as uh, Locutus. And I think that was a smart move. And yeah. Yeah. I think it was a smart move not to have all the, you know, the stuff on the eyes that we usually see with the Borg and the plates. Um, it just gives her a chance to act more. Although I think mm-hmm. maybe some people think like, well, she's a, it, it's interesting. Like you said that her technology is all later revealed to be Internal. in her skull. Yeah. I kind of like to think that it's, it's almost as if over time, just everything's been replaced yes. on the inside. Yes. Yeah. And, and so that's why she's so uncluttered with her face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Although uh, part of what she, she talks about that she's always searching for is that, like her definition of perfection is a combination of technological and organic things. So mm. it's, I mean, every time she goes after s- someone that she's interested in basically kidnapping to be her best friend, um, <laughs> she, <laughs> she either is looking for looking at an organic being to add technology to, or a technological being to add organic elements to she's, she, she wants the both, you know? Yeah. You know, like, I don't think that that in the evolution of the Borg Queen that she would ever replace so much of her organic self that she would become fully technological. Yeah. Or I think that her whole goal is to reach a balance of perfection that she she sees is there between organic and technological. Also, I am looking at um, some of the kind of um, full body pictures of her yeah because i really want to point this out uh they didn't give her heels <laughs> which yes. i was like did they give her heels and they didn't they which i'm like thank you because that's her- kind of like this weird thing that happens is that you'll have a board like seven heels. has yeah. heels right heels are impractical <laughs> In they're inefficient. Every way. They're inefficient. They're impractical. They're uncomfortable. There's no way the Borg would wear heels, you guys. So thank goodness they didn't do that. Yeah. Oh, I was always like, why? The, why? For fuck's sake. Like, no, no. Shouldn't even be a thing. Shouldn't even be a thing. <laughs> you were talking about like she's always looking for a best friend and like oh, the yeah. merging of technology and organic. But yeah. It would always be a combination. That's the whole thing with um, with her manipulating data is that she's trying to show data the sweet spot, basically. <laughs> <laughs> she's trying to get to data's, we'll call it the H spot. <laughs> human spot. As close to being human as possible without 
completely being human. Hmm. And then it's like always the same story. Every single time we see the, the queen, the end of the story is the queen underestimated her opponent. Every time. <laughs> oh boy. Especially when we get to Voyager. I know. I'm like, lady, so like I, every time? Really? Like you're going to, every single time? Wouldn't you assimilate all that? And yeah. Not? Didn't you, yeah. did you not assimilate any of that information? Like, I feel like you should have, I feel like you should have like, I mean, how can you fucking underestimate data for fuck's sake? Like he, <laughs> come on now at this point, we're going to underestimate data. Really? <laughs> I love it when she whips around and she's like, (laughs) oh, God, it's such a beautiful way to show Data has been fucking with her the whole time is that he does shoot the torpedoes, but he misses by just enough for you to know, like, oh, yeah, that was on purpose. (laughs) And then he has this like 90s action line, which is like resistance is futile. Yeah. But um, back at her. Oh, good. Yeah. And then when he's like, I, I considered her offer for what is like 0. 0.65 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> an eternity for an Oh, I loved it. I loved it. I'm like, oh, Data, you're such a good actor. Good job. He's been so practicing. Should we move on to Voyager? Yeah. She really is kind of a direct continuation of, of the concept that we see introduced in first contact, it always seems like, I mean, they bring her in for big drama. <laughs> they always bring in the queen for big drama in for sweeps, yes, right? Yes. When it came to the the ratings, this yes. is back in the nineties. When did they still do sweeps? I think they did. Do they? Okay. Oh no, you mean do they do it now? I have no. Yeah, problem. I don't. Know. Yeah, back then they did. Yeah, I this is no when idea. it was like, oh god, it's sweeps. So we need to get the ratings up. So let's bring back the board queen. Yeah, because like she was really exciting and she was, you know, a new thing, a new take on on this older concept. I mean, I I know that it makes sense kind of that they bring her back in in Voyager. Like if you're going to bring back the board queen in any series, it would be Voyager. Again, we can go back and talk about like that Voyager does have problems, but Voyager is also the only Star Trek series where like over 80% of the episodes pass the Bechdel test, which is a very low bar. Mm. But what it means is like, here we are on this TV show where not only is the captain of the ship, a woman, the chief engineer is a woman, but the adversary written in the episode is also a woman. And they're not fighting over a man. And they're not fighting over a man. Ever. They're they're literally when they're fighting over a person, they're fighting over a, another woman. They're fighting over seven. I know there's got to be so much fanfic about that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. So like so those aspects of her character on Voyager are like, I think, actually kind of important because they continue this direction that Voyager was kind of going in where you know, we're, we're giving more women, more screen time. Mm. Um, so that's cool. But also, I don't know, part of it in some ways feels to me like, you know, like in a Marvel movie where they have like the female villain fighting the, the female hero, you know, like, <laughs> and then all the, all the boys are fighting each other and all the girls are fighting each other. And I'm always right. Like, yeah. Why? Like, like, <laughs> come on. Poison Ivy could destroy all of you, you know, but like, why are we putting, you know, anyway, yeah, yeah like the matchup, like, and I it know took a minute to say, Oh, okay. Yes. You, yeah. You guys and you guys. Also, <laughs> I, I, I want to put out there. I know that I said Marvel movie and then I brought up Poison Ivy, who's a DC character. I understand. I'm just saying <laughs> in general, I'm saying in general, the bad mm-hmm. lady and the good lady are fighting each other. Yeah. Anyway, so part of it feels like that kind of because Picard has Q and Cisco has Ducat. You know what I'm saying? So it's like. Yeah. No, I know? totally understand that. Sorry. Since we talked about true lies, I just had a flash of like Jamie Lee Curtis. Remember <laughs> she punches Tia Carrera. Yeah. In and, the face. Is that her name? Tia Car- I, Yeah. Right. 
Okay. Yeah, and yeah. it's like she scratches her for wedding ring. It reminds yeah. me of that. It's like, oh, now we have the little cat fight over here. Yeah, yeah, um, exactly. But I mean, yeah. Yes. No, but I know what you mean yeah. about like, uh, I hate to use this phrase, but like they're equal footing. Yeah, because they're women. Even even though they're not punching each other. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Even though like technically, if you think about it, the Borg Queen has more resources than like any other villain in Star Trek, aside from Q. You know, the like yeah. Q and Q isn't really a villain. Q is Q is a fucking asshole. He's just a he, <laughs> I was gonna say just, trickster, but I like ax asshole. He's yeah. just a space asshole. He's a spa- <laughs> he's just a fucking space dick. <laughs> but the Borg Queen has like as a villain is just like she can do anything. She is she has so much power. And she has so many resources. So, like, she is actually the most scary villain as far as that that shit goes. Like, yeah, she has, yeah, she, she can, should be, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's it's not it's not that like they're pairing her and Janeway together because like it's a girl's party and it's this is a girl's fight. Because like <laughs> any anyone, any star Starfleet captain, any of our captains any of our uh, starring captains would have trouble with her. Yeah. I mean, you know? that, yeah. Again, first contact, she was right? paired with Picard. Yeah. yeah she almost I destroyed think the human interesting. race, you guys. She almost destroyed the entire fucking human race. Remember this. <laughs> I think what's interesting, though, is that from, you know, in first contact, she she acts, well, not just acts, like she kind of like knows. She's like, I am so superior yeah to all of you fuckers you yeah. know like she she really looks down on humankind yeah like i wrote and that then, she like, was a she's a snob yeah and she she does like continue it in humankind like there's one point she's talking to to seven in, in dark frontier and she's like got a, a hologram of a human up and is talking basically about how inadequate we are yeah but yeah she's like so into she just can't keep her hands off the humans. Like there's so many different species yeah. in the universe. It's like, if anything, it's like, why are you so obsessed with humans? All these plans to get Earth. If if we're really just like ants, <laughs> right? right? Yeah, like if we're not that that awesome in any way. Is I don't know. Just, maybe our tech is, but is it? Like I, just I just kind of thought Starfleet, that was funny. and Starfleet is like mainly human. Yeah, and yeah. and uh, and and so like it kind of goes from her being. I'm, you know, oh, I'm superior in first contact. And then the way I felt like they kind of started to write her a little bit in Voyager is that like a Janeway and Borg Queen are supposed to be like equal adversaries of the minds. And it's like, no, no, no. it shouldn't be that way. Like no. the Borg Queen should still be superior and scary as fuck. Absolutely. Absolutely. And instead it had almost like you were talking about, you know, DC and Marvel. It almost did start to feel like a joker batman or a you yes. know like a villain good guy thing where it's like oh it's you versus me again and that's again one of the reasons why the like borg queen looking for her best friend thing just doesn't <laughs> like really work for me like do you do you think she was looking for a pet yes that would be more accurate yeah looking for a pet but at the same time it's like why do you fucking need a pet though <laughs> <laughs> assimilate a dog right something i mean i just like there are I guarantee like excellent and advanced scientific minds in your collective already that you have assimilated, you know, like why are you going back for seven? Because sweeps sweeps. Because sweeps. Larissa, oh yeah. I forgot. I forgot. It sweeps. Yeah. So, so I mean like in general, I will say that like, even though I do as a consumer of like, fun media like this enjoy when she comes back as like a very intense fan of Star Trek and someone who is also a fan of critical thinking I don't she doesn't work it (laughs) it doesn't it's it's fun to watch it doesn't make any fucking sense (laughs) yeah it's uh, I do want to I do want to say though that uh, Suzanne so, damn it we just said her name is it Susanna or Susanna Susanna Thompson, Thompson. Susanna Thompson yes uh, I want to say you know she does take over the role for a little bit in Voyager yeah. until um, Alice Krieg does come back 
Uh, I want to give her an honorable mention. Yeah. I think she did a, a damn fine job trying to fill those Borgie shoes. And, she really does. Uh, you know, it's like, unless you've just seen First Contact, it's like you, you're fooled enough. Yes, absolutely. Um, Completely. Uh, so good, good for her. I do think the... I don't know if you caught the assembly scene of Voyager from Dark Frontier. Oh no, I didn't. Because it's it's one, it's horribly wonderful because it Voyager was um, in that area of the '90s where we were starting to get more CGI in TV, uh-huh. and a lot of the computer graphics in Voyager are hilariously oh, bad. Oh my god, I love um, it. And don't have and have like completely wrong lighting, and on our TVs today look very oh, cringeworthy. Fucking so see her, everything. You can fucking see everything. I know. I just yeah. So we watched Jurassic Park last night, <laughs> oh, and you can see like you oh. can see. You're like that's an animatronic. That's CGI. That's animatronic. Aww. That's CGI. Well, but it's also aww. like you know, it's, it's still better than a Voyager. It's TV still better than Voyager. But I mean, uh, they had Spielberg money, so <laughs> so <laughs> they had Amblin money. The assembly scene. It is funny because whereas like the first contact one is is much simpler. Like she just gets lowered into yeah, her it's very whole elegant. body. It's very elegant. Yeah, yeah. There is sort of this like. Yeah, like oh, like flowy quality. In this one, she gets lowered down in Voyager, but like they decided they were gonna make it even cooler, and like her torso comes up, and then there's these robot like grappling things. That, oh, like, I remember poo, this. Poo, 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 and they put on her arms and legs, and the graphics just don't hold up. So no. it, it it looks really cartoony and unnecessary too. It's yeah. like oh, her body should just be. Yeah. Why do they have um, to reassemble her limbs as well every single time? That doesn't seem efficient. That doesn't <laughs> seem efficient. But yeah, I was just like, oh man, and her her like spines waving. But again, yeah. it's just in in twenty twenty one. You could ugh. yeah, Aww. Um, yeah. That's funny. I I mean, whenever she shows up, it's fun. I think my favorite is Unimatrix Zero. Okay, I've seen that one in, definitely in the last year or so, like yeah. the last nine months, but I did not rewatch it for this episode. Yeah, but I, re- yeah, that one's just like an interesting Borg concept. That's why I. I that's why yeah. I think that one's my favorite because it's cool. It's cool on so many different levels. The fact that like drones could regain individuality in in a subconscious place is really interesting. Mm-hmm. The fact that like they could then like lucid dream together and create a resistance movement in that place is really interesting. But then like the board queen is just like, again, like vengeful, like wanting to, sh- she's just trying to shut down anyone who opposes her, but also still trying to like catch seven. Yeah. It's almost like with the board queen. I mean, we were just talking about Unimatrix zero. It's almost like if you're going to do something quirky with the Borg, you know, Borg, okay, you have the, the technology aspect. Yeah. Or you have like the human as or not human, but yeah. you know, the biological organic, aspect. Yeah. Oh yeah, organic. Thank you. That's the word I've been thinking of this whole time. <laughs> and it seems like with Unimatrix Zero, that's more like them approaching it from the technology side as far as like like I was kind of saying, like, what happens if there's a glitch? Then yeah. how does this how does this work? You yeah. know? And it seems like with the Borg Queen, there was more of a lean towards the organic side. Mm-hmm. You know, throughout the years, it seems like to some degree, maybe not Unimatrix Zero, but at least the ones like Endgame and Dark Frontier and stuff. It, they kind of dig her a little bit more into a hole each time she shows up. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what happens. Like you said, it's fun. And that's what happened to First Contact. Like, it is fun. I'm sure when that trailer came out, people were like, oh, shit. Yeah. And then again, it's like after 10 or 15 minutes, you're like, hey, wait a minute. And and it's like the the her, she was inspired by nature. She was inspired again by like the hive and more like bugs, like you were saying. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, that's not really so, how bugs work. Which is cool. It'd be interesting yeah. if they approached her more as, like I said, like an OS or Right. You know, like, what would she be the equivalent if you looked at it more from a, a technology a te- standpoint? Yeah, Whether there's one queen or multiple queens. Yeah, totally, totally. I completely agree with that. Because, like, it could still be a play on yeah. the concept of a queen bee. But it would then take it in sort of more wild, potentially sci-fi directions. Because if you take it in the technological direction... There's there's sort of more room to be imaginative there because if you're 
if you're like really just relying on the concept of the queen bee, like we, there is research, you know, like we know what those (laughs) things do. We know what a queen bee is and we know what she does, but like the technology part, I mean, that's, that's where like, uh, sci-fi can really get bonkers is like, we don't know what we're going to invent in the future. Like even we, we even have seen that science fiction, specifically Star Trek, has inspired technological innovation mm. in our culture. So, like, why not think about, like, something that might happen in the programming, something that might happen or, or like, you know, the, the concept of relating the evolution of technology to biological evolution and how there, there are places where those things look alike in some ways. You know? Yeah, yeah. And just from a writing standpoint, like maybe yeah. that foundation. And I agree. Like, sure, have the whole metaphor of like the Queen Borg and the Queen Bee. But yeah, maybe. But she's thinking, not like thinking you know, about the foundation of yeah. how she works more from a technological point. Um, again, whether that's the way things are supposed to be or like mm-hmm. I was saying earlier, she's like a, a glitch or an anomaly. Yeah, right, right, like, right. <laughs> she's malware. Now, um, I, it's still fun. It's still fun, you guys. Like, I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to shit on the Borg Queen. I just think we got to be real. You know, there are things. <laughs> there are well, things the wrong. Borg Queen have has definitely made her mark not only in Star Trek but sci-fi and and kind of like movie history. She's on a lot of lists for like yeah. sci-fi villains and women villains, and you know. So, um, yeah. I mean, just just like a lot of things, sometimes it. <laughs> What did you say? Like, there are problems. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah. But, yeah, she definitely, if they wanted to make a an impact of her, they did. Yes, absolutely. I I completely agree. Uh, also, I, I kind of want to close with uh, a couple years ago, there was a Netflix holiday poster. And I'm going to try to find the image and post it because it's amazing. Um. Alice Krieg was in a a Netflix holiday movie. And so they made a poster with like characters from a whole bunch of Netflix holiday movies on it. But they accidentally put her as the Borg Queen on the poster. What? How does that even happen? (laughs) It was like it was like the Borg made the poster. You know, it was like an AI made the poster because it was just like, oh, no, it was like, here's Vanessa Hudgens. And then here's Alice Creek as the Borg Queen. <laughs> oh, my God. And I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? And why? And like, nobody caught this. Like her head with the stuff, like with the technology coming out of it and all. Because it does look like she's from far away. Like she's wearing an evening dress or something like an evening gown. It is <sighs> fucking hilarious. It is like, oh, I'm going to find I'm going to find it because. Uh, I need we need to post it because it's amazing. Yeah. So this is this is a real thing that exists. I don't wow. I don't know if anyone at Netflix ever noticed, but I did. Oh my god, I that is hilarious. <laughs> her and that HR Gigeresque like thing coming out of her head. Yep, yep. And she's Man. standing there and here like a bunch of people like wearing suits and like hold, like mitten mittens and like oh, you know, no. Christmas tree in the background Holy. and the board queen. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> it makes no sense. It's so stupid. Find us in the collective at into the wormhole.show. On Instagram at into the wormhole.podcast. Into the wormhole is brought to you by We Own This Town. I commented on his post. I was like, why is the Borg queen on this poster? That's <laughs> awesome. And he was like, oh my God, I don't know. Like, I didn't notice it. And I was like, that is uh, that's the Borg queen. <laughs> why?